Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. To get early access to the match ball, check out TSB Plus, our new subscription package at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. The Match Ball. Hello and welcome to The Match Ball. Match Ball is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, where you can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan. Hello with me, Michael. Hello. And Moscow. Hello. I don't know how I feel about that game. I feel a bit confused, upset, because that's a week that we've ended with an 8-2 defeat across two games. It's the first game this season I've felt a bit robbed. But while I'm not saying in the end Palace didn't deserve to win because I didn't think we were very good, there were certainly several moments in that game where I thought, "Oh fuck off!" That's not having. I'm not having that. That's not fair. Something's even the bit which was a really good free kick crashing in against us. Bit in my head still went, "Well, that's not fair. We don't deserve that." Palace are really good at defending, especially when they've got the lead. So not getting the equaliser was very, very important, and I think we should have been given the goal and then we might have won the game. Excellent analysis, Moscow. Thank Thank you for that. Uh, I do feel like we probably have to separate this out into two separate issues, number one of which is our defending was not good enough up to a point because they got through us a few times. Um, There were some... I mean, obviously, you can't legislate for for an own goal like that. Only one of their goals counted. No, and somebody, you know, crashing one in off the bar from a free kick because that will and occasionally does happen. It's just a shame that it all happened in the same game. But... Going forward, we were quite toothless as well, I felt like. But then again, you factor in Bamford, you know, being denied that goal. I mean, let's let's start with that because it felt like a lot of what happened hinged on that. We talk about fine margins and to be denied that goal and then for them to go up the other end and score and make it 2-0, it's really, it's really hard to legislate for that and know how to feel about it. So let's go through that. I still think it was a goal. I feel like they've drawn all the lines in the wrong places. You can... You can see where everyone's feet are positioned, and it seems clear he's he's onside. And the bit of the bit of arm that they've drawn the line from, I feel fairly confident that if he'd scored with that bit of arm, they would have probably disallowed it. So why draw a line from there? I mean, we shouldn't even be talking about this bollocks, should we? No, it's not the point of the rule. The point of the rule is the same as the point of the handball rule. It's to set the parameters of how you play the game. There's a handball rule because it's not rugby. So you're not allowed to use your hands. That's why there's a handball rule. So everybody uses the feet. The handball rule wasn't there so that at some point people are going to be judging, you know, frame by frame on a television cameras that haven't been invented yet, whether it's brushed somebody's fingernail and it should be given as a penalty or not. And it's the same with the offside rule. The offside rule exists so that Pat Bamford can't just stand on the goal line because then the game's rubbish. If if it wouldn't just be Pat, you'd have, you know, all 10 outfield players 
stand on the opposition goal line in the six-yard box, um, keeper lumps it forward, goal. So to stop that happening, you have an offside rule. And the point, that's that's what it is there to do. It's not there to be gone through millimetre by millimetre. Is This body part is his foreskin fucking a millimetre offside is his bollock dangling in the wrong direction as he pointed at a, a passing aeroplane. And that means that he's, he's offside, whereas if air traffic control had kept better control of what was happening at Heathrow, wouldn't matter. None of that. None Gatwick, of that. It's Gatwick down there. I'm pretty sure Heathrow is in London as well. Anyway, irrelevant. Um, it's that's not what the rules for. And he. So what happened there is, um, Matthews Click played a very good um, through ball. Patrick Bamford beat the offside trap with a a clever run. And I don't know how players are supposed to time these things any better than Patrick Bamford did there. I mean, I get that there has to be a point at which you're either offside or you're not. It is ultimately, it's it's a black and white rule. It just feels like that's just all wrong. It's completely out of the spirit, the point of the game. And as you were saying there, Michael, about the lines, how they were drawn, it's it's such fine margins. And how can they deduce a sensible decision from, you know, you, you look at the lines, I mean, how wide, are, how many pixels are those lines wide? And how many pixels has his sleeve gone over on that imperfect bit of video that's blurry because everything's in motion versus the man that's just in front of him did they even measure from the opposite angle the reverse angle because there was a defender behind him who may have been playing him on side with his ass it felt like his ass hairs it felt like you couldn't see his legs so they didn't bother drawing a line from it but i mean i don't know if there was another line that, that they looked at it wasn't shown on certainly on the footage we were watching it we just showed the one angle of it and it wasn't at all conclusive. And certainly, I mean, he showed the replay the first time and I wasn't even worried because you just looked at the position of his feet and things and you thought, oh, that's absolutely fine. Surely we're good to go. And it comes down to on this that essentially if he hadn't have been pointing for where he wanted the ball, he would have been onside. And that shouldn't be a margin ever, should it? That you that where your arms are gesticulating for where you want a ball can can make you offside. It's, it's a stupid rule. I, I've not been massively angered by VAR as yet, but this is the first time where we've had a decision in a game where you've just thought, really? Like, and, and it had been, obviously we wouldn't be moaning about it as much if it, would, if it had happened the other way around, but I would have still thought it was ridiculous. It is, and it is it is ridiculous. It's spoiled, it, it spoiled my enjoyment of that whole game today, because, you know, I mean, I took my bat and ball home mentally after that was overruled. I was like, what, what's the fucking point? I can't I can't enjoy any of this because that's been such a pivotal moment, and, and it's not the sole reason why we lost the game, but, I mean, if we equalise there, you know, it, it could be a completely different game. I mean, as it was, it unfolded the way it did. We'll never know the alternative. But Christ, isn't it just, it just zaps your enjoyment of football when you're seeing shit like that. Yeah, we don't have to measure it to a millimetre. We need an offside rule and there needs to be a decision as to what is and isn't offside. But as well as contributing to correctly saying is something on or offside, it also needs to be fun. So we just need a rule that doesn't fucking piss everybody off. And it's true that if that had happened to Crystal Palace, you know, we would be looking at it and we'd be thinking, well, you know, that goal should have stood. We'd all, we'd all probably say it. We'd be glad that it didn't because it would help our team win the game. But when you have fans of opposition clubs looking at decisions for each other and going, oh, that ain't right, give them the goal. <laughs> Maybe if that had happened to um, Palace today, you would have had Bielsa on the sideline and give them goal, give them goal. Um and the, so it, it needs, I don't know if, if it's the daylight rule is the right one or um, just doing it by feet or whatever it is so that it doesn't come down to um, measuring pixels on screens for 20 minutes and then everybody leaving 
dissatisfied, which is something Marcelo Bielsa put it beautifully, as he always does, where he said that if the um, the right rules are the one that just make everybody happy with the decisions. Do you know what? I'm just thinking about this. I'd rather it was like the olden days where the linesmen had stuck their flag up for that one, got it wrong, and we just had to suck it up. That would have been more palatable because it's a human error, isn't it? It's a mistake that happens and officials do make mistakes based on the momentum of players. But to break it down like that and still come up with a shit decision, it's just, I don't know. Well, that's it's it. Just... You, you could deal with a, a linesman making a, an error in real time with a flag, but giving Mike Dean, who I believe was the, the video assistant referee today, sort of the pedantic technology for him to be able to go, well, but it was a millimetre, wasn't it? So I'm right. That's that's what I preferred. You know, you could take it. You can handle a, a, a linesman or woman, because we had Sean Massey on the, the other side, much more easily if they just, oh, yeah, I got it wrong. I thought it was right. It was wrong. Not, you know, I spent 20 minutes measuring it so you can't say anything. I was going to say you can shout at a person, can't you, when they get something wrong? And it makes you feel a little bit better, whereas they can just go, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was this. The computer did, drew some lines, and although he, I think a human draws the line on on the computer, don't they? So Mike Dean, is, Mike Dean can fuck off. I think basically he wanted to be mentioned on commentary, even though he wasn't on the pitch. And this is where it comes out. Were you the the point of VAR is always to to make sure that the decisions that the referee and his assistants or her assistants are making on the pitch are correct, not to introduce this new element of measuring an offside where um, computers are now doing it. I would be happy if it was the assistant referee either puts the flag up or not and then somebody watching it on the television without measuring it without drawing lines on it either says the right or wrong like just a backup pair of eyes and say about handball about anything it's always supposed to be clear and obvious errors not getting out set squares and mechanical pencils and drawing all sorts of it does stuff feel there's, there's almost like an, an entrenched level of argument about it like what well, I'll be determined to be right on behalf of all the referees and I will apply the rule in the most pedantic way possible and it's just it's not what it's about is it but this has been a, a discussion that's been had a thousand times i mean not by us this is the first time it's really yeah, happened to us i mean just outside of these these walls but um i mean it doesn't matter it was it was funny when it was happening to scum every week now it's come to our door this is terrible and the rules have to change scum get a penalty given to him every week by by var that's I true i wouldn't feel bad for them i mean richard keys called it the worst decision he's ever seen and robbie savage uh, said it was the worst decision in the history of football just to add a little bit of levity to this podcast can we hear from robbie the worst decision in the history of football. Thank you, Robbie. Um, there's going to be quite a lot of anxiety surrounding this result in Leeds United um, Twitter sphere, in the Leeds United Twitter sphere, and generally because it's the second 4-1 defeat in a week. Are you worried? It was the first time I'd seen a backlash today. People were getting angry about individual players, and like I saw people having to go at, at Strike, at Cooper, at Alioski, um at who else was having a go? Oh, Harrison, I think someone, I saw someone having a pop out. I feel like until now we've been fairly content with the players and it's not all unfair criticism today. I don't think strike particularly worked. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say sometimes what Phillips does, but it's, it's almost the defensive midfield version of a striker who just knows where to be when the ball drops to him in the box. Phillips is in the right place to cut things out when they're attacking and strike doesn't seem to do it in quite the same way. I think he looks fairly accomplished on the ball and he can hit some quite nice passes, but his reading of danger and things just don't seem quite as good, which I think with a team that counterattacks well like Palace, I think that causes problems today. Some breaking news then, it appears quotes from Bielsa was that Shackleton did have an injury, but Pablo was dropped. No injury. He just wasn't picked for this game. How do you feel about that? Bloody hell. 
don't know how I feel about that. Oh, I kind of assumed that that would just be fine. I'm not sure he would have played anyway because we were in the three at the back because Palace play four four two, so we need three defenders for their two attackers. So um, is it a game? We never actually very, look very good when we do the three three one three thing, which is maybe a, a contributing factor to today. I've never liked us playing against two strikers, but would you have put in um, Hernandez instead of Click in that position, in that formation with that lineup? Maybe, maybe mm. not. Probably would have sat him on the bench, but you know, maybe, maybe that sulk carried on after he was kicking bottles around. Who knows? I mean, I would have liked to have seen him on the bench because I would have liked to have been able to bring him on. Maybe you know when we needed to get back into that because he does have that ability to put his foot on the ball. But it it just feels like, given everything else in terms of you know injuries to Urente to to Phillips, Rodrigo's out with COVID, that we could have probably done without another one of our well, the most senior player in the squad not being involved, that that to me feels like it was a thing that didn't need to happen, but did happen. <laughs> That's probably a fair reading of it, but you know, Bielsa's got to keep things got to keep things tight at his end, doesn't he? That's the thing with, with doing this sometimes. You do need to occasionally make an example of people. And I don't know if maybe he thought Rafinha would be able to do Pablo type stuff if um if he because he now had that option off the bench, whereas the other night he didn't. Well, let's talk about Rafinha then. We'll we'll do in the second half. We'll kind of run through the game itself. Um, at least we saw some some highlights from him. That particularly that that touch when he um on the right hand touchline, you know, where he kind of diddled the man with a little. I don't know exactly what he did. It was that good. Kind of just flicked it through and and got behind him. I thought, oh, that's nice. And then there was the long raking pass as well in the second half. There were quite a few nice things. The free kick was not even though it didn't go on target. I enjoyed the way he hit that with hardly any run up. It looked like he was going to place it. Then he somehow absolutely twatted it. So that was good. Um, just some quite yeah, some quite nice. There was another pass to Dallas that he he played at one point, which was quite clever as well. It was like a little. I think Dallas was kind of cutting through on the cutting through into the box, and he he disguised his pass quite nicely to him. So I think there's some promising stuff there. I think Costa was fairly poor in that first half as well, so it wasn't a surprise to take him off. And I don't know. The second half got away from us, didn't it? In, in general, we never it never felt like a game we were going to get back into. I didn't think. Whereas the Leicester game, I don't know. The second half of that, it felt like there was a point in it where we could have got back into it whereas I never was really feeling it today any other positives from this game then Bamford's goal very well taken that was nice both, both of them, them. <laughs> jinx <laughs> yeah yeah very nicely done Mr. Header later on but yeah. no it was a shoulder so it's fine <laughs> it was a shoulder it's a very difficult right. skill to score with your shoulder as the um, as ought to be reflected in the offside <laughs> regulations but brave of him to try it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah two two very good finishes so I enjoyed the I enjoyed the malice in his second one as well. It felt like he was annoyed about the first one. There was a degree of fuck off in that, wasn't mm. there? He had yeah. a little uh, turn to the lines person as well. I don't know if, who was on that that side, but he turned to them and, and did give the old. Do you want to check that one? Which was quite entertaining. If it had gone up and berated the monitor, the pitch side monitor, that'd have been fun, hey. But the the second one in particular is worth dwelling on that uh, chest control when you watched it on the the slow motion. The ball stopped spinning and was kind of hovering just an inch or so away from his chest as he moved it forward through the, the penalty area. And then um, there's a temptation, I suppose, if you're him, to let it bounce or to control it as the keeper coming out, but to just hit it on the volley and then use, I think it was Nathaniel Klein was coming on, and he kind of used him as a break. It was like a, a train just going into the buffers. He was like, right, you'll do, you'll stop me, but you won't stop the ball. And it was a very well-controlled um, 
finish as well because it would have been very easy to fully Alioski it somewhere over towards <laughs> Croydon from there. But just nicely derail a tram. <laughs> and after he, uh, after he, um, he wasn't as hot against Leicester on Monday night. Um, he's doing what I was talking about after uh, um, earlier in the season, where even if there's a game off, it's not turning into a um, a drought. So decent, more than decent. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just looking at the XG of that game, uh, we didn't do that bad compared to them. Uh, you're talking 1.19 XG for Palace, according to Info Goal, and Leeds were just shy of one on 0.98, uh, and yet we've somehow shipped four goals from that, which is bonkers. I mean, I commented at halftime to you two that the um, halftime XG was 0.36 for Palace, and we were somehow 2-0 down. So uh, were we unlucky? I mean, there were bits of it that were sloppy, but were we unlucky as well? It probably tells a story there that the majority of their XG came in the second half because there were chances. Van Aanholt had a couple. There's one where I think it was Zaha looked like he was about to break through and Alioski just got a foot to it. So it, it felt like their better chances came in the second half, which obviously you have to count them. But it's a completely different game at that point because we're chasing it. And in the first half, I think we can fairly accurately say that the goals were a bit unlucky. The free kick is a really good free kick, so you've, you have got to accept that that does happen, but equally there's very little you can do about it other than just not giving it away in the first place. And then the third one is ridiculous. I mean, things do bounce in off defenders sometimes, but for it to go in from that angle and to have the keeper not get it, which I, th- I thought he probably should have done better on, to be honest, on that last one, um, for all that to have happened did feel a bit unlucky. We still can't defend set pieces either, which is no surprise. That, that first... Um goal though was so well placed I mean that's a really good header um, I don't know if Cock was involved wasn't he and it, it kind of looked like it may almost have come off his head after it was directed but so he was it's not like we left Scott Dan just roaming around the penalty area unmarked which used to be a problem for us it may be that you have to put that down as a 
a very good goal for them, as you do with the, the free kick, which was just, I never really rated Eze at QPR. I, I thought he was good, but couldn't really see the point of him. But um, that was quite efficient. <laughs> just smacking it into the top corner again, um, off the underside of the crossbar, so we couldn't have placed it any better. And that was exactly what we didn't need to do against Crystal Palace. And I think that's, again, why that disallowed goal was so um, crucial. You don't want to go behind against Crystal Palace because they absolutely fucking love it. And to be 2-0 down, it was just absolutely made for them. And so we were always from that point. Even though we did still get back into it quite quickly, it wasn't long before Bambino had us at 2-1. We needed, um, on account of maths, another goal. (laughs) To uh, to draw level and equalise. I think we need to give Palace some credit for the way they they did shut us out because it was very very effective. They've probably been the best team at doing it this season. I would say the way they they stopped us down the wings almost entirely. Like Harrison, he d- he did had a few nice moments where he was controlling it in tight spaces and stuff, but he he was rarely in a good position to cross anything. The only chances we created seemed to come from Click, who was chipping little balls through to Bamford, which happened for the two goals. And I think was it was the one about the head of Bamford missed was very similar as well. I think it was that. Yeah, it's click. Was that click as well? Click so cross. that seemed, they, we had a little bit of space there, which we were actually using fairly effectively. But they they well they they didn't close us down. Was what they actually happened. They just kind of sat off us until we were in there in, into the final third, and then they started pressing us, and it worked very well. Yeah, and that their fourth goal was was attacking. It goes wrong, and then that was the one time when they managed to they had us. Um, What's-his-face who scored it ended up being completely unmarked, didn't he? Ayu. Ayu, who sounds like a um, an expression of pain, <laughs> which he very much was as he it, took that away. Looks like he's always either done or he's smelling a fart, if you look at him. <laughs> anyway, Keep an eye on his face. He was, uh, yeah, he somehow got left alone. It was all because um, I think it was Harrison and Click were trying to pass to each other and just got pressed and turned over and couldn't get back in time. From our perspective then, the defensive perspective, we've now shipped 17 goals, which as it stands, as we record this, is the highest amount in the division. Um, and eight in a week, and 12 of those 17 we've shipped in in just three games. It's worth pointing that out, Liverpool, Leicester and Palace. We've, we've struggled in particular against um, Leicester and Palace, keeping the the goals out. Both teams that will counter-attack with pace and um, you know both sat deeper, which was the problem in the Championship. We're in the Premier League now. We're up against better forwards. Do we need to worry about this across the course of the season? I mean, like we've got some fairly big games coming up in the next uh, month or so after the international break. Um, what do we expect from them? Teams that are going to sit deep and hit us or maybe play a bit more expansive against us? It's maybe unfair to judge because we've had to reshuffle things quite a lot in in these games and we've still not had Calvin, who's, though a midfielder, it's arguably the most important bit of our defence. So maybe if we have him back or a strike gets used to playing there and starts being better at doing Calvin's job we don't have these same issues so uh, I am worried obviously it's it's far too many to concede I didn't I don't particularly like it when we moved Dallas around either I'd rather we it'd be nice for us to just have a settled back four with Calvin in front of it for a bit which I, I don't think is, I know can't happen for a while but I think once we'd have that I think things will settle down a bit more or we could just buy Ben White in January well I think Diego Llorente might have something to say about that before Ben White gets involved. You mentioned Stroik uh, before and him not being up to the, the Calvin Phillips speed, but you've got to remember what Calvin Phillips looked like the first few times he tried playing there and was being dragged off after half an hour and he was already 
a much more experienced player than Pascal Stroik is at this point and um and a much more experienced midfielder Stroik up until now has been playing central defence and his distribution still looks great. There was one pass out to Jackie Harrison today, it was just beautiful, like chip to the to the side. But the the reading of the game, I think I'm pretty sure Phillips said he didn't feel like he'd really cracked playing in that position until the start of last season, um, the promotion season. He's, so it was a full year of him and, you know, the praise was already coming and we were already saying, well, Calvin Phillips looks fantastic here. here. And he was having, like, going home going, still don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and then he, but after a season, he cracked it. So, yeah, Stroik is very much being asked to stand in and you can, you can tell, and I think it contributes to what's going on. But I think Leicester did us because they got Jamie Vardy, and he's really good, and that was clear, and they attacked and scored against us. I'm not really having, you know, one really good header from a set piece, um, a brilliantly placed free kick, a free cone goal, and then a counter-attack that was just because we were trying to win the game. It's not the same um, as if Crystal Palace had scored four breakaway goals that were really brilliant and exposed our defence every single time. The the third is just, you know, it's a fuck up. The you you concede a free kick like that. You don't concede them every match. Um and corners, I mean that if that ball had gone six inches over the bar, it's you know, nobody worries about it. We we don't even talk about whether we can defend corners or not because I mean we didn't concede any other goals from corners today. So um, I don't even know if they had any other corners which might have helped. But, it, you know, sometimes you can come away from a game like that and you, you worry about how we defend set pieces or something and it's as if the next game, um, whoever we're playing, it's Arsenal, isn't it? They're going to get 20 corners and score from all of them and it's it's not really that bad. We've heard from Bielsa in the post-match press of these comments just coming through. He's saying, uh, well, this is, this is me quoting Adam Pope, quoting Marcelo Bielsa. Bielsa felt the scoreline exaggerated the difference between the sides and that Palace scored at crucial times when Leeds could have scored. On the need to change the offside law, he said, there are plenty of others who can decide that. Stating facts. He's dishing out. It's a, it's a, it's a fact fair, isn't it? He's a very reasonable man, isn't he? Never wants to point fingers, which is, which is nice, but equally I would have been fully supportive of him if he'd have come out and said, it's a complete shit show. Get rid of the <laughs> fucking stupid thing. Well, we did have a Andrea Ratrizzani tweet, didn't we? Just a shrugging emoji. So, um, he, he, and it was a long time after it happened as well. So, I wonder if um, Angus Kinnear had sort of relented and finally given him his phone back. And all right, you can you can choose one emoji, and it's not the poo face. Yeah, and I will I will press it and then hit send. You are not having that phone. Taking it off you. I mean, apparently uh, Victor Orta was what you might describe as quite animated. I mean, he's quite animated anyway, he's Victor. But I think he he was um, borderline having to be restrained at Palace when uh, when he saw that um, that replay of that offside. And then, and then at half, half time, I imagine there was possibly um, a desire to repeat what got them what got him in trouble before, which was mm. to march down into the tunnel at, at half time. But yeah. I'm glad to see that he um, he thought against it. Give me some heroes and villains then from today. Uh, I think the villainy is fairly straightforward, isn't it? Really. VAR and it's Mike fucking Dean as well. Yeah, it wasn't good today. It made me. It's the one bit of the Premier League that really makes me miss the Championship because it's like as you were saying, it's the it's because it dangles the carrot of perfect refereeing that it makes it so hard to accept when there's an injustice done. If it's a, when it's a person making it, and it's a bit like the thing with driverless cars is like when they go wrong and kill someone, you kind of have to go, oh, that's 
you can't have them then, can you? That's a terrible thing. Whereas when a person does it, you think, ah, well, probably won't happen next time. It's fine. Mm. That's a very odd comparison to make. I've just realised that. But um, <laughs> So driverless cars, they're the villains. <laughs> and, um, well, yeah, you're right, actually, because there is a very, very clear argument that you could have said, well, why didn't they look again at that um, Bamford penalty late on? That could, was a penalty. Yeah, could have had that, couldn't you? They did. Well, I mean, VAR checks everything, but Mike Dean... Um, but that's the point. Some things with his eyes closed. But this, yeah, this is the point. It's kind of it's just transferred the responsibility to Stockley Park, where you can't hurl abuse at a ref. It's a, I think it's a point I might have made on the podcast before. Probably have. We're repeating a toss. Um, yeah, it, the fact that it's just made him culpable there and not the ref at the game because yeah, that we've seen penalties given like that. It might have been soft on Bamford. We but saw one in the last in the last game. We saw one. Yeah, I mean, look, but look at like bloody Zaha on his Grealish brand roller skates today as well. It's just. It's tiresome, isn't it? To to see like players getting yellow cards for for hack, allegedly hacking down Zaha, and you're just thinking, this is shit, isn't it? This is bollocks. This isn't football. Let's just should we just do the match ball thirty and ignore this season? <laughs> I just want us to stay up. If we ship eight goals every week, we're in trouble. Is it Cooper's fault because he's come back and we've suddenly started shipping goals? I mean, he was he was playing people on side, wasn't he, for the fourth goal? But I didn't think he stood out as being terrible or anything. Mm. So back to heroes and villains then. Can we find any heroes? Pat Bamford has done some good bits today. Yeah, two more good goals and he can have them both. In my view, put them both in the in the column, count them and it can be a little bit like um, 1975 if anybody ever says Leeds haven't won the European Cup, you just quietly correct them. Yes, we have. And if, um, I don't know what what's Bamford's tally now, whatever it is, if he's got... Eight, I think, now with that, those two. Right, yeah. So if anybody tries to tell him he's only got seven, just quietly, no, no, have a look at the, the video. He's scored in every away game so far, I think, hasn't he? Still still the Elland Road crowd <laughs> on his back is uh, putting him off his game. Speaking of the crowds, actually, I don't know who, you could probably not give it to a single person, but whatever reason it is that we're not at this game, and as much as it would nice, be nice to be back in stadiums, there's no one listening to this who can tell me they'd like to be in Croydon right now, sat in mm. some traffic or waiting to get into a station to make an incredibly long trip back. It's, do you know, in, do you it's know in the middle of nowhere. There are some people who live there voluntarily. Some of them Leeds fans as well, and some will probably be listening to this and will tweet you, uh, rightfully, some abuse for trashing their, no, their hometown. But they choose to live there. I'm not trashing Croydon. I'm trashing how long it takes to get back from there and it, what a ball ache it is because I've, I've done it too many times after defeats and it's never fun. So it, it, I, mean, I think it's probably the least fun London away days, Palace. Yeah, like we said, it's not even London really, is it? It's, it's beyond... London, but we, we count it for uh, for spreadsheet purposes. And yeah, we, we've we got, lose there, so it is London. Well, and three of our next four games are super, yes, <laughs> in London. Yeah, in terms of villainy, I think London should be abolished. There is too much going on there, isn't there? They should spread it out a bit. Yeah, um, just as a as a concept, and a, um, you know everything about it. Just stop it. Just close London down. <laughs> Stop bunching. That's what you get told at football, isn't it? Yeah. This is it. Yeah, just move move stuff around. Obviously, we don't want Croydon in Yorkshire, but we could take, you know, there's got to be some decent bits of, of London. We could just move here, the space. Well, why don't we take Croydon's tram? We'll have that because we've needed one in Leeds for a long time. Yes, exactly. We- just lift it up and plonk it down on Leeds. I'm sure we'll work it out. All the transport, because all the transport is there. We'll have at least some of it. We'll just take the transport we need until we've got enough of it in Leeds. And then they'll probably still have loads. So you can just start distributing that around the country um but just yeah take down the road signs um disband all the 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 cohesive just split up if you know they always say it's like a a city of villages well 
make it that way, you know, s- split them all up. Mm. There's too much, uh, too might, much power concentrated. I mean, there. we're recording on the on the same day that um, Joe Biden has become the president-elect and his adversary in that particular election, Donald Trump, very keen on building walls and similar and has got partway through his project to build his. We could maybe just wall off like the inside circle of the M25 and be done with it. Don't underestimate the power of an administrative boundary change. Don't necessarily need a wall. Okay. So London is essentially the overarching villain of this whole piece. When did we last win there? You tell me. I don't know. I can't even remember. It's been that long. This is where someone points out it was about six games ago. And we have to go, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. It is years. I think, I believe it is still. It's QPR, isn't it? I think still, is it? That came, game. The roof one. Yeah. Did, did, was that the FA Cup, though? It still counts. It was in London. It was a game of football. Anyway, and then, you know, Bielsa did try to make that point that if the games we played in London were played in Birmingham, it's not like we would win them. But I think he's wrong. And we should, well, we should at least try it. Like, you know, you can't rule these things out until we've tried them. So move Brentford to Birmingham, where I always used to think they were anyway when I was a child, and just take things forward from there. We'll try that. Any closing comments before we go? Or do we just, again, write this one off and suck it all up as part of the, the beautiful Premier League experience and just enjoy the international break? I'm going to enjoy the international break more than I did last time. Last what? time I thought, uh, this is an annoyance. This time I think it's probably quite nice to have a bit of a rest and maybe get Calvin healed up a bit more and get Rodrigo. We didn't even talk about Rodrigo. He's good, isn't he? He's going to be back for next game. Shit today though, wasn't he? <laughs> Nowhere did, to be seen. Did absolutely nothing. Come back soon. We miss you. Should we wrap it up then? Go and think about what we've done. All right. Thanks for listening to this one. We'll catch you on the proper podcast in a couple of days' time when hopefully we'll be full of the joys of spring. The Match Ball. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.